My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Tuesday, April 27th. MF and Draft Week, baby. NFL Draft Week will be coming at us here in two freaking days. Two! Two days. I'm fired up. All the prep, all the talk, all the chatters, all the rumors, all the weird Kyle Shanahan comments in the buildup here. Well, it'll make it all worth it, that's for sure. And today on the podcast, I do want to talk a little bit about some of the biggest scenarios that we're monitoring for fantasy purposes. Before I get to that, of course, let me tell you about our presenting sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps. You don't have to play against sharks, and that means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, esports, and of course, football. Monkey Knife Fight has it all, and you know what else MonkeyKnifeFight.com has? A free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. There you go. So the NFL draft... Is almost here uh, in a little over two days from now as I'm recording this here on Tuesday afternoon. We'll know what the heck Kyle Shanahan and company do at number three. And while in some ways that's an important pick for fantasy purposes, it's also a pick we we know what they're going to do. We just don't know what player. You know, we, we know they're going to go quarterback. So we kind of get that. But there are a lot of other situations in the NFL right now where we don't know exactly where teams are going to go. We have an indication of where they may go. But every year we get to the draft and there's this reshuffling of the deck. You know, the gaping holes hopefully are filled. Sometimes teams don't manage to do that. Sometimes teams will take uh, the next man up type to replace a, a veteran, maybe not even this year. A lot of times, you know, maybe a quarterback. Could be other positions as well. There's also surprises every year. So these are the situations that I'm monitoring the, the the closest here heading into the NFL draft. At the top of my list, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the question I'm asking is, will the Steelers take the running back in round one? They should. <laughs> I know the running backs don't matter. Folks are going to say they shouldn't. But think about it. They are in a position right now where over the last three years, they've been bottom five in rushing. Each of those years. The last time they were not bottom five was in 2017, and that also was the last year Le'Veon Bell was their lead back. So at pick 24, you're going to be in a spot where you're going to have at least two, if not three, of the big three running backs on the board. ETN, Harris, and Javante Williams are getting some rumblings. He could be a first rounder. It doesn't surprise me. I think he's a first round talent. But when you look at those guys, I mean, I love Travis Etienne. I just don't know if the scheme fit is quite there for him, whereas the scheme fit is like perfect for Najee Harris. And I will tell you this, if a running back goes to the Steelers in this spot, that running back would be an instant top 15. I will also say, though, I know that doesn't sound extremely bullish, but you know what? I'm not here for hot takes, okay? Not here for hot takes. 
Somebody actually hit me up on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe, of course, with my draft night projection of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And at the time, you know, it was conservative. And a lot of people told me as such, because we know Twitter is so kind. Ended up being pretty freaking close. Really freaking close, okay? So it may look conservative on draft night, and when you hear top 15, you might think, well, that's not... No, that's pretty pretty impressive. When you think of the one quarterback redraft landscape this year, you're going to have probably nine running backs in the first round. So that means if I say top 15, that means Najee Harris is a second round pick if he goes there. Heck, ETN would be as if he goes there, or Javante Williams would be too. So there's big fantasy implications there. The next question I have almost piggybacks off of this, and it's will the Bills draft a running back in the first round? Now, of course, this week we're here. It's rumor central. Everything's a rumor, and the rumors get pretty crazy. Like, uh, I don't know, the Bills leapfrogging up over the Jets to draft ETN. Now, I will always call him Billy. Brandon Bean. Damn you, Moneyball. Brandon Bean. Um, he said they'd be open to drafting a running back. And when I look at what they need the most, they could use help along their defensive front four for sure, but they could also use a running back. You may say, well, what about Singletary? What about Zach Moss? I think in a perfect world, Devin Singletary is your number three. I don't think he's suited to being much like eh, maybe he's a two. But I think we already know what Devin Singletary is. And I think Zach Moss could be a two. And Bean said specifically the guy who they draft, if they were going to do it, would have to have a different skill set than those guys. And he specifically said the words home run hitter. That's ETN. He might as well just have freaking said ETN. So could ETN go at 30? Could they trade up ahead? You have to admit, you know, at least on the surface, you say, okay, it's a crowded house. But then you start to think a little bit more. That's pretty sexy. That's a potent offense that, you know, it's a good team. Good running backs on good teams tend to be good things for fantasy purposes as well. So I'm going to be keeping a close eye on the Bills drafting. It be have to be an early running back. If they draft a running back on day three, it's not going to be earth-shattering. Not going to change anything for me. Will quarterback needy teams trade up for a signal caller? So as of right now, we know there are going to be three quarterbacks drafted with the first three picks. It's going to be Lawrence Wilson and I think it's Trey Lance We'll see. My mock draft 4.0, which you can get over at ftnfantasy.com. That released yesterday. That's how I have it. So you have three quarterbacks in the first three picks. There are then four more teams, certainly, who are in need of a quarterback. And there are other teams who could be dark horses here. But the main teams who need a quarterback, in no particular order, well, I'll go in the order they're picking. Broncos, Patriots, football team, Bears. Any one of those teams could get up to four if the Falcons decide to get out of there, if the Falcons decide to not take a quarterback, if they decide to not take Kyle Pitts. Any of those teams could get to six, seven, or eight with the Dolphins, Lions, and Panthers rumored to be taking calls from multiple teams. So all of that is possible. So these teams are the main teams in the mix. I could also see some dark horse teams like looking at teams who are not picking up there who could possibly uh, be in the market for a quarterback. I I think you have to consider New Orleans. You have to consider Pittsburgh. You know, Denver is in dire need right now. The Patriots football team and Bears are on a one-year deal, basically. You know, they have bridge quarterbacks. Pittsburgh's basically at that point now. 
you could, you know, New Orleans doesn't have a quarterback yet because that decision hasn't been made. I don't think Tampa Bay goes up and gets a quarterback. The only other team I was thinking would be the Raiders, and that that's probably the longest shot on the board. So any of those teams could make that move up. Obviously, depending on the landing spot, the quarterback becomes interesting or not. Denver being very interesting, football team being somewhat interesting, Patriots probably being the least interesting right now, but it all depends. We could also see these teams, if they don't move, come up, get one of the, the other three quarterbacks. So we have the big five of Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Lance, and Jones, in, in whatever order you have them. We have the, uh, the, the next three, Kyle Trask, Davis Mills, Kellen Mond. All of these quarterbacks are going to be very likely off the board by the end of round two. So if you look at who could possibly get them, the first team with a crack at a quarterback out of the the, the ones that are in desperate need would be the Broncos at 40. New England's at 46. Football team and Bears are back-to-back at 51 and 52. So we could very well see one of those teams grab one of those quarterbacks. Kellen Mond, probably the most interesting to me. Do the Bengals go offensive line or skill position weapon? I know that people think Penny Sewell is a lock. If you're a Bengals fan, you probably think that. I do not think it's a lock. I think their need is interior, and I think you have to be considering drafting interior on day two in this draft and going after the premium. Duke Tobin has said whoever they pick at five is going to get on the field and contribute immediately. So you have two players that are not Penny Sewell who could do that. Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is not guaranteed to be there. Like I said, he could go at four. If he's there at five and Chase is there at five, I I really can't see how you pass on Pitts, but that's my personal preference. I'm obviously not an NFL executive for a reason. But the, the the thought process is sort of twofold. Okay, you have to keep Joe Burrow upright, but also Joe Burrow with one of those weapons is very intriguing if you can really address the position, you know, your interior defense or offensive line, that is, on day two. So that's a big one. How about this one? Do the Falcons trade Julio Jones? So there is incentive to trading Julio Jones. They would clear over $15 million off of their salary cap if they traded him, it would have to be a post-June 1st trade for the designation, but they could trade him now. It would just have to be designated and and would actually have to be implemented after June 1st. But that would clear off over $15 million from their salary cap, and then they would weight the dead money against next year, which the cap's going to be higher, so they could get away with that. The Falcons are arguably in the worst salary cap situation, so they desperately need to make a move and they can't make that move with Matt Ryan, the way that his deal is structured. So Julio Jones would make the most sense. This has ramifications that are twofold. Obviously, Jones landing somewhere else. I still think there's something there if he can stay on the field. He's 32. He's not 38. So I think there's something there if he lands in a sexy spot. So we'll revisit that if it happens. But it also means the Falcons are going to have to address some sort of pass catcher, whether that's Kyle Pitts at four, whether that's trading back and getting one of these intriguing guys. You know, if you traded back to 20, where Chicago is, you could have Rashad Bateman or you could have one of these other guys, Elijah Moore, et cetera, to go along with your now number one in Calvin Ridley. You could, in theory, wait until number 35 on day two, but that's the spot I keep pegging to go to a running back. So there's going to be some major implications there, ramifications for fantasy purposes. 
Does Baltimore get Lamar Jackson another receiver? Well, they're in a really good spot to do so right now. I mean, they could, in theory, trade for Julio Jones, too. I don't see that one likely, but they have been rumored to be one of the teams uh, that coming from Peter King who could be interested. They do have two first-round picks now, though, after trading with Kansas City. So they have 27 and 31. They have drafted two wideouts in each of the last three drafts, Devin Duvernay and James Prochet last year, Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin the year before, Jaleel Scott and Jordan Lasley. They were two day three guys the year before that. Out of those guys, I think the only guy who's really done much of anything, really, and I don't think you can argue against it, is Marquise Brown. So you need something here. Elijah Moore, Kadarius Toney, Terrace Marshall, all come with speed, different skill sets in each of those guys. But getting a playmaker in there for Lamar is huge, and that would help Lamar's value. And it would be interesting for whoever lands there. But it's it's better more it's more of a Lamar centric question. Will the Lions address their wide receiver core? I mean, heading into the draft, they have arguably the worst collection of penciled in starters. You have Tyrell Williams, who literally has not done anything. Since 2016, look it up. For some reason, the fantasy community has had collective amnesia about Tyrell Williams. You have Brashad Perryman, who had five great games with Jameis. Five. Uh, And then you have Geronimo Allison, technically penciled in as your starter. Sorry, Quintez Cephas, Dynasty people. But penciled in as your starter at uh, slot. So, yeah, that's... um, that's not good. You could be in a position at seven to draft a wideout. You could trade out of that spot. There are still plenty of wideouts that could be available on day two who could really step right in and honestly be the number one wide receiver target. I'm not going to say number one target because as of now, TJ Hawkinson is the odds on clear cut, hardcore MF in favorite to lead this team in targets. And uh, that's good for TJ Hawkinson. Couple other quick ones here. You know, New Orleans needs another wideout. Do they make a move? I wrote a piece over it, and I talked about it on the pod um, last week. Do they make a crazy move up the board to to really get one of the big names, or do they get a day two guy? I really don't want to see a day three. Like as teams, they draft like three wide receivers on day three, and you know none of them are ever going to make it. It's it's always frustrating, but. That they seem to be set on Jameis or Taysom, so get get another weapon in there. Arizona added James Conner. They have Chase Edmonds, but I would watch for them to potentially draft a running back. I would watch for the 49ers to potentially draft a running back. Yes, they they do have some running backs on that roster, but there's nobody there who really fully stands out. So that would be interesting, like a day two running back. Um, and then also the Eagles are the other team that's been rumble, uh, rumored to be interested in a day two running back. It's a new coaching regime, regime, so it does make some sense. And that would obviously be pretty detrimental for Miles Sanders' fantasy value. So those are the things we're keeping track of here. As we're heading into the draft, remember over at FTNFantasy.com, you're going to get all the fantasy football angle of things. And then over at FTNBets.com, I have 10 NFL prop bets up there right now. We're going to continue to give you tons and tons and tons of betting content. I, I never really was fully into the, the NFL draft betting. You know, occasionally I put a you know, player or two in. 
But man, oh man, I went all in this year, and I'm telling you, I'm a, I'm having a lot of fun with it. So I highly recommend getting in there as well over at FTNBets.com. Anything you want to get in on, you can use the promo code RATPACK to get yourself 10% off. Remember also to follow along with me. I am at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter and at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. I'll be on uh, tomorrow night on CBS Sports Network, that other pregame show's draft special from 7 to 10 Eastern. You get some fantasy content there in addition to all the great NFL analysis from Adam Shine and company. So I'll be on that. And then uh, lots lots to come on SiriusXM as well, plus this podcast. So best time of year, man. Best time of year. All right, I will catch you on the flip side. I'm going to do another pod right before the draft, and then we'll dive into everything after the draft as well with everything that you need to know. So I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.